Two social workers on a mission to change the narrative. Elenio Baby's podcast seeks to empower others in making changes to maintain their physical, emotional, and mental health. This podcast is about becoming the best version of ourselves. I hope you feel inspired. Join Bria Spencer and Fadia Jean-Pierre bi-weekly as they initiate conversations about mental health, fitness, and travel. Share this with someone who needs it. Follow us on Instagram at millennial underscore babes underscore podcast. And let's continue the conversation. Hello, everyone. I am Bria Spencer. I am an advanced care specialist and social worker. And I'm Fadia Jean-Pierre. I am the licensed mental health social worker, trauma therapist, and medical social worker. Um, And we're excited to have you guys here today with us. Yes, and we are the Millennial Babes Podcast, and I'm so excited for all of you to be here, Um, and I hope you are doing well today. So when fear faces us, we feel stuck and find distractions that keep us from fixing our own issues, and once we feel emptiness, we feel that we fall apart, and all that negative thoughts drown us collecting memories. and we feel broken. So we are here to inspire and to empower you to take the step to heal those broken pieces, change the trajectory of your life, and most importantly, switch your mindset. (laughs) So today we are joined with a versatile and knowledgeable guest panelist. So I would love for each of you to introduce yourself. Hello, my name is Titiana Stovall. Um, I am the owner of Forever Silhouette Management, um, and I'm also a college English professor, and I do a few other things in my life, but I am so excited to be here. The Millennial Babes invited me, and I had to say yes, so I'm excited to have this discussion with each and every one of you. Hi, good evening, everyone. My name is Herdeen Mercier. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. I'm the host of the Redefined in Grief podcast. I'm also known as the Grief Crusaders, where I strongly believe happiness and sadness can coexist in a delicate balance, and grief is normal. What is not normal is that individuals are not teaching us what to do when we feel mo- feel the emotions that arise with grief. Good afternoon, everybody. Hopefully you can hear me and see me. My name is Akil White. I am a poet and author. I'm from New York, New Jersey, and I also work in finance. I'm happy to be here. Hey, everyone. Um, I am uh, Melissa Dominguez. I am out in Chicago. I'm an event planner, um, also a venue owner and photographer. And I am just here to speak to the moms, women. Um, I love empowering mothers just out of that um, mommy girl and just supporting throughout motherhood and just letting it know that that's not um, where things stop. So I'm excited for this discussion and to talk with everyone. Hi, I'm Joy Britt. I'm the founder and owner of Life Intentional Living Therapy Services. Um, And I'm the host of the Joy of Social Work podcast. And I'm a licensed clinical social worker from New York. And I'm very excited to be here. (laughs) Hello, everyone. I'm Charles Irving. I am a self-mastery coach from Boston. I um, help women to improve self-awareness to unlock their potential and build better relationships. Hi. Hi, everyone. My name is Ebony Smalls. I am owner of Mindful Moves Coaching and Counseling, LLC. I am a meditation and a self-care coach, a licensed master social worker in New York, 
And um, I also um, run a program, an evidence-based program for in-home family therapists. Um, yep. And I just can't wait more to talk about the next level of self-care, what that means to me and how we can work that into our everyday lives. So I'll be talking um, well beyond what it looks like for manis and petties and massages and really talking about what it looks like to really you know, switch our mindsets and prioritize our wellness. Yes. Thank you guys so much for introducing yourself. And I am so excited to have you guys because you guys are all from different unique background and I can't wait to hear what you have to share. So, you know, before we can even begin, right, we have to know like we're hurt, right? We all have to know that there's something going on and, you know, with ourselves. So basically we have to get healed to heal others. And by, that's by Latera Woodfield. And for us to know we need to fix our stuff, we first need to look at ourselves in the mirror and be vulnerable to change and be open to our healing journey. So let's start this journey with Akil White, who will be sharing with us a piece of his poetry with um which paved the way for our conversation today and he basically wrote this book during the pandemic and released it and it's amazing like literally from the first page i started reading it so i can't wait for you guys to hear a piece from him so akil white go ahead take it away sure sure again akil white i'm a poet this piece is called if these walls could talk um i think it's pretty self-explanatory but i just wrote it from a sense of i guess the house that i was raised in um, just growing up and seeing things and so on and so forth. But um, just give me one second. If these walls could talk, I think they'd shed a tear. It would take a moment to gather the strength to speak. Pictures are worth 10,000 words, but heavy is the nail that holds these frames because they've seen some things. Hammered by complicated people in a simple world. When you leave with love, all things become clear. But how often does that occur? Before they can open up, I think they need a hug because trauma has been the constant image they've taken in. Unable to step in, they decided to take notes, document all the passive aggression and hurtful jokes, pass from parent to child and child to parent. Nobody to break the cycle, the pain is apparent. Fresh paint upon drywall, but the old layers can be viewed in the corners. These walls hold character established over years embedded fear into follicles and open sores to survive. If these walls could talk, they may choose to keep quiet. Thank you. Wow, thank you so much, Akia, for, for this. Yes, thank you. thank you so much. And that was such a beautiful piece. And thank you for sharing. I know you have to leave soon, but I wanted to know what inspired you to write that? Um. As, as Fadia said, I, th I started writing or I guess compiling this book during the pandemic and it, literally just looking at the walls around me. Some days I felt like I was, I lived by myself and I was literally, I realized just going hours without speaking to another human being. You speak a lot, you may sing, but you don't literally, you speak to nobody if you live alone. Maybe you have animals or, or kids or a significant other, but just being in that space, I just got to thinking, um, my mindset, I realized that I would get sad like every three weeks, every two weeks. And once I realized, I was like, oh, shit, I, I kind of feel like shit. Excuse me if I, I can't cuss. Um, why is that? And just digging deeper into that. Um, but I guess I wrote it from a, a sense of, I guess, being alone, solitude, and just reflecting on some of the things that I've been through and just uh, giving characteristics to inanimate objects, I think. I think a lot. So that, that's essentially where it came from. Thank you for sharing that, too. Can anybody, like, resonate from this? 
if you can just raise your hand because I can. <laughs> so let's jump right in. We are here to talk about how to activate your growth mindset and switch. And before we even get into the switch model, we kind of have to understand what the growth mindset is. And it comes from the belief that you have been conditioned to live by and be triggered by unhealed emotions, right? So I'm not good enough. Or if you're waking up and saying, oh, today is going to be a bad day. And throughout your day, it's just negative energy. You're just thinking in just one narrow space and not being able to live in a positive space and energy. And so it begins with, being positive and having that self-talk and saying, I am good enough. I am worthy. I know that I can do this. And this is also not my experience and does not define having a kill started off with this poetry. It's about mindset, right? That make definitely had us like, you know, um had us had so many things coming up for us. I know for me, I had to like kind of like start peeling my inner childhood and that's how switch became about. And basically it's just uh, for us to be able to empower and encourage others to begin taking the step to change their narrative while facing the obstacles in life. And that's exactly what I had to experience and go through um, over the past couple of years and especially last year during the pandemic. And basically what it stands for is, you know, seeking support, achieving wellness, investing time in, in your emotions and talking it out and your spiritual healing. So as we know, like it, um, Healing looks different for everyone, right? It looks different for myself. It looks different for you. And, you know, like Akil wrote a poetry book. And like I said, I can connect to it. Um, Bria starts her um, fitness journey with her body by Bree. And so Switch is like my thing to help me. And I noticed like with for me to do therapy with individuals, I had to heal myself. And I was dealing with grief. And I had to heal that part. And I noticed that by me starting to heal that I was able to move forward and transform. And that's what I'm hoping that we can help our audience today to, you know, how can they begin to switch? What step can they take? And I'm, and I'm looking for you hosts to help us with this conversation. So can you let us know, like, how have you, how did you begin to transform and activate your growth mindset? Um, I would say truth. I think one of the things in my own realization of dealing with my own grief in life is that um, when I said the truth about the grief, I liberated my soul. And so I always say, start with truth. I think truth is that that's the beginning step that is necessary to start your healing journey. And then I would say from truth, I examine the heart. That's that second anchor that I teach. What is your heart feeling? Like what is going on within the heart um, that needs to take a really deep dive soul search ex experience? Then that third anchor that I teach is connection. Who are we connected to? And are those individuals creating safe space that are non-judgmental for us to heal? Then that fourth anchor, I talk about faith. You know, there faith can be restored. That can be restored because it's the very first thing that seems to go out the window the moment we experience any type of emotion that's the opposite of happy, is that we start questioning the creator for some, and it's a struggle for some of my clients as well as my own journey. Um, does he really exist? So I really had to spend some truth, some time telling the truth about that. And then 
restoration. I think everybody wants to get to the restoration, which is emotional well-being, but it always starts with truth, no matter how ugly it is. You got to be committed to truth. Thank you for that. And I do agree. Like all those things you just mentioned is everything. And I know that we had you, um, when we first started our podcast, you were our first guest. Yeah. And as I was working on my grieving, like, you know, my healing journey and like grieving my mom that passed away over a few years ago. And I was just having a hard time and talking to you and going over those steps really started like showing me like how I can begin to transform and also pour into like my clients that I'm working with. And it was like, it, it, it was it was amazing like to see like how I'm able to enjoy my life and not feel guilty and you know be able to say okay all right I know I lost someone but I can switch my mindset I can do something I can use what I learned and how can I pour into others and help them with their own grieving process yeah and I resonate with that as well because when we first started our podcast and connected with you, Herdeen, I had actually just lost my dad a few weeks before. Mm. Um, he, he died from stage four uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is very unexpected for all of us. And to go to a pandemic and to experience my father not be by my father's side and him being alone in the hospital, mm. I could have went either two ways. I could have gone into a deep depression or I could have just kept moving forward and say, you know what, I have to accept that this is where I'm at in my life right now. And I have to push through these emotions. And that was my truth. And I decided I'm going to accept this and I'm going to sit in these emotions. And I had to change my mindset because if not, I would have been in one place. And so it, it, all of your experiences, especially with grief, it, it literally, um, changes your life in the way how you want to go down the path um anyone else would like to share how has you know activating your how did you transform and activating your growth mindset absolutely um this is ebony again um and i want to say for me that that came in the form of sort of community care and really um and I don't want to say tapping into your network because I'm talking about your friendships and your real relationships, um, you know, that you've built. And for me, that is the way I've been able to, to continue to work on growing my mindset and on really touching in with the healing that actually needs to be done. And um, something that came to mind when we were um, planning for this, and I just have a quick passage and it says, healing is a dance between the individual and the community. In Black culture, community is about fostering hope and justice. Community can be an important buffer against trauma and can promote the healing necessary for activism. So for me, everything starts with that because I'm an only child that comes from a very small family. So I couldn't just sort of stay with everything on the inside, right? I realized that there has to be someone else for me to connect to. I don't have siblings, right? Um, I had maybe two cousins that I was close with. So I really had to, you know, activate those around me when I had struggles and tap into them and learn like, how are you dealing with this? Oh, this has happened to you too. So I'm always talking about using your group chats for good and using your, your Instagram for, for good, right? Like I don't follow anything or anyone that does not feel good to me. 
That's just the truth. I'm not following things that make me uncomfortable, <laughs> that make me mad, <laughs> right? Those are also not the people that I connect to. So even in my healing and my spiritual health, I make sure that I am surrounded and that I have created a buffer. Um, and, and just one more thing, even when it comes to um, just being proud of my race and my culture, you know, I tell people that for a long time when they would say things like, well, black people aren't doing enough of this, aren't doing enough of that. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, but that's because <laughs> what I've surrounded myself with speaks the total opposite to what other people are sharing. So I would just say, you know, for your healing and while you're seeking wellness, make sure that you are being intentional and putting things around you, putting people around you that are connected to that same thing and speaking that you know into yourself so i'm huge about positive affirmations and saying goodbye negative self-talk um you know so i'll stop for now and you know you'll hear from me again <laughs> yes definitely and one thing i want and thank you for sharing that too and one thing i want to say is that like like i said earlier healing looks different for everyone it doesn't have to be like a loss of someone it could be like a loss of a job a loss of a relationship or just a loss of sense of yourself right like your identity and being accepted by your family and saying like what's going on i don't know which direction to go and just like you said just finding yourself like in your house alone and just thinking about everything that's going on and it's like how do i begin where do i start and like you said sometimes we do need a community because we are often can be ashamed, feel ashamed to ask for help because we're embarrassed about what's going on and, and it can depress us. So it's like, are we, do we feel safe? Because we need that emotional safety to be able to say, hey, I need a community. I need help. I need support. I'm going through something. And can you be this outlet for me? Yes. And sometimes not everyone can be the outlet and provide that space. So it's so the community is definitely important. And like, especially with this right here, this is community. This right here is community. We're, we're talking about something that we're all going through and we're normalizing and say like, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. It's okay. Well, I was gonna, um, I mean, I'm, I'm loving what I'm hearing from, from everyone. Uh, it's interesting because, you know, as you think about this and, and I think you said it, it, there's so many different things that we experience that we don't even realize, you know, that you need to be healed from that too. Like, there's grief and then there's, you know, there's loss and then there's, um, there's so many different aspects. And it's like, I'm sitting here, I'm like, well, which one are we talking about? But it's like, you know, what do we do individually about any one of these things? And for me, um, it was about building a better relationship with myself. And, you know, I love where, I, I want to say her name correctly and forgive me if I say it wrong, Dr. Mercer or Mercier, when she talked about, you know, grief, um, you know, I've lost, you know, my, my twins in 2016. Um, you know, I lost my mother, you know, my twins and my mother within a 45 day period, two years prior to that, I lost my grandmother. So I know what it is to have to grieve, but, you know, the other thing is, is the fact that I realized growing up that one of the main things for me was that I had to change my perception. Like I had to think about what am I healing? What's really broken within me, right? What is the thing that I'm really dealing with? And for me, I realized it's your perception. 
your perception of you and what you think something means, your interpretation is causing you to feel a certain way about yourself, other people, the situation you're in. And if you don't have a correct perception, you are going to be emotionally out of whack. Um, prime example, you know, I had uh, when I lost my twins, it was it was difficult. I mean, I it was. I just let's just say I had some very, very bad thoughts. And I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, you, you need to change your confession right now. You can talk yourself into doing something that you should not do. And, you know, these things are about perception because perception is something that dictates your attitude and your behavior. It's not that you don't feel when, you know, your perception is correct. You just handle things differently. And I realized for me that the foundation of a lot of the things that I had dealt with was how I saw myself because out of the context of how I saw myself was how I saw everything else. And I needed to deal with that so that I could have the right perception about everyone and the situation. There's a difference between living through your perception of reality and living in reality. And I recognize a lot of the challenges I was having was because I was living out of my perception of reality and not reality. So I would say there. That's why I started. I'm getting to chill. I don't know about you guys, but I'm getting to chill. Like just, just, just at the beginning of the conversation, I'm just like, wow. Like I'm like literally like filled here right now, and I'm trying to hold it back. But like this, this conversation is just shows you how important it is, uh, how we need each other in this community because we need to heal. Yeah, and it, and I agree with you, Charles, when you say it is your perception, and that ties back into the fixed thought where. We just have this belief of maybe who we are or what our experience is and, and have tied that to de that definition to us. And we have to take a step back. And sometimes that's when the self-positive talk comes in, like Ebony was saying, and having these conversations with ourselves to ground ourselves and really think, okay, what is this triggering and where is this coming from? So that you are able to sit with yourself and say, okay, there are some unhealed wounds that I have to sit with and it's not going to be pretty y'all. <laughs> and you know what, as you're saying that, I think the hardest part for us is like, like her Dean Mercia said earlier, it's stuck with truth. Yes. Are you willing to face yourself in the mirror? Because if you're not willing to face yourself in the mirror and look at all the flaws and all the things that's coming up, it's ugly. Let's just say it's ugly. Yes. And it makes you want to like, you, it makes you want to cry. It makes you want to like go into bed and crawl like a baby and don't want to face anything because it hurts so much. And when we have to face the truth, it's, it's, it's the hardest thing. And when you finally face it and you stand in front of the mirror, so like, you know what, I'm going through this. I can't keep going. I need to heal from it. Identify that and then changing the perception, like you guys said, and, and being intentional about it is what's going to keep us moving forward. And that's what's going to help us like heal our heart because our heart can't stay in pain. Our brain can't function. Our heart can't function if our brain is not functioning right. If we're just in that negative space, we can't expect our heart to be healthy, but our mind is not. Exactly. So we have to face the truth. We have to face it at some point. I think we have to remember who we are. 
Um, one thing that I had to go through was I had to remember who I was and who I was created to be. Um, and mm-hmm. that was how I had that growth mindset moment. This is also an article that I use in my classroom um, near the beginning of my semesters where I have my students read Carol Dweck's position on the growth and fixed mindset. And she calls it brainology, um, mm-hmm. where your success is determined on your belief to um, say, I can. It's your belief to to get out of that situation, your belief to take on the challenge and say, I can get out of this or I can succeed through it, regardless of my past traumas, regardless of what people told me, regardless of everything that came against me, I have the ability to get out of this or get through it simply because I have the belief within myself to do it. I have the motivation to learn something different. I have the people in my community that are going to help me heal. I have um, the ability to think my way strategically out of it, however I deem necessary. And so I I think it's very um, important for us to realize that, you know, life comes with challenges, but we also have to remember that through the power of God, through the power of self, through the power of our community, we can um, look at those challenges and realize that it's just another day versus allowing the challenge to beat us down and to take us to places where we should not be. Um, And when we remember who we are, then that's the start of the battle. And then we just take that energy and we ride through it and then we win the war. I would, hey guys, um, my name is Kirby. I'm Faja's cousin. Um, I've been listening to everything that you guys been saying. And I just wanna say that um, I'm one of those people who I've lost myself you know, over and over again. And I've tried to rebuild myself back up again. And I've never felt the strength or the courage to see that I can do it by myself. You know, the first thing was accepting that, like, I know that I wasn't okay, but, you know, by by opening up and letting other people know that you're not okay is also a big challenge for me because, you know, you also have to realize that, you you know, by telling people that you're not okay, you're always going to get that, you know, that response is like, well, what's wrong with you? You know, and at some point in time, like you realize, well, you don't know what's wrong with it, but you know that you're just not feeling okay. And I'm one of those people, like I have a hard time of opening up and sharing what's wrong with me because, you know, I've have I've had, you know, you know, past trauma and, you know, I've lost people in my life and, you know, I've couldn't never find myself because like I felt like by trying to make myself happier and forget about everything was just to get up and just go and disappear. And then when I would come back, it would just be like, well, what I just left there is still there waiting for me. And it would just never dissipate. It just felt like it just kept growing bigger and bigger to the point where it actually became so big and it just, it sat on me, you know, and I didn't know how to get rid of it. And luckily for me, you know, I had Faja in my life who, you know, who's really, you know, up upfront about everything. She's like, you know what, you just have to face everything. Just, just come at it hard. You know, because when, when you leave it there, it's just going to keep growing. It's going to grow stagnant and it's going to hurt. And the best thing to do is just just let it all out and then just try to see if you can find your space, find that who you are again and center yourself and to just tackle it at a time. Not saying tackle it all at once where it's just like it's everything is just becoming way too much for you. And that's how I felt. And because of her, you know, I'm able to push back 
everything away and able to see if I can find myself again. And because of her, I'm very thankful, you know, and then by listening to you guys, like, you know, the different techniques that you guys use and, and how you guys are able to overcome what's going on with you guys. And, and I, you know, that really helps, you know, so I just wanted to chime in and say that. So. Thank you for sharing that. And I can see, um, you know, Joy said right here, um, break it into digestible pieces. Can you talk a little bit more about that, Joy? Yeah, so, well, I just wanted to say you took the words out of my mouth when you were saying like this, why it's so important to have community because I'm like hearing, even hearing people's sharing, I'm like, oh my, like it's so, you know, you're not the only one, but it's sometimes it feels good to really know that you're not the only one. Um, so when I say break it up into digestible pieces, I think sometimes we think about, I have 39,000 things going on and I feel really stressed out. And to think of having to do all of the things or to think of how I'm gonna fix all of the things or how I'm gonna be there for all of the people or show up or any of that sometimes gets super overwhelming. And so when you break it up into pieces of like, well, what can I do today? Like realistically and be honest and living your truth, then sometimes it, it just helps you to be able to manage it a little bit better and to feel less stressed and feel less like I'm just not gonna do anything. Cause I know I get to that point of like, it's too much. I'm not doing it. But if I like think about it, like realistically, like, well, what can I get done today? And what can I get done this week? And what can I get done in the month or something like that? Then sometimes it feels, um, I feel better about it. I would, I would add to what Joy's saying. I think one of the things that I teach my clients is put yourself on your calendar, put your healing on your calendar. And they're often like, what do you mean calendar? I say we put our jobs on our calendar. We put our meetings on our calendar. We put parties and events on our calendar. But the most important person on that calendar is you and you're not on it. So literally I teach them, go to the dollar store, get a calendar because I don't want it in your phone. I need you to actually see yourself. And they have these big aha, what I call pearls of wisdom, pow, pow moments. Because when they put the initial things on the calendar and I say, now, where are you? They're not there. And so to actually see this calendar in their hand and they're not on it and they're wondering why they have these dark, they're not filling their cup. They're running on empty and they're trying to serve. And so one of the biggest thing I can say is put yourself on your calendar. You need to actively see your name in your healing, whether it's therapy, working out, you know, I go from the five senses. How do you heal? What are you listening to? That's a podcast. What do you see? Maybe a motivational video, a movie. What do you taste? What's your food that put your food on your calendar? If you're saying you want to eat right at least three times a week, put it on your calendar so you can see what that meal is going to be. Set yourself up for success. You know, what do you smell? I often say if the environment smells fishy, get out of there, right? Our smell has everything to do with our mental health too. And so looking at the five senses and seeing what you can do by putting yourself on your calendar, I strongly believe that is the first step outside of telling the truth that you can do to begin your healing journey. That actually segues into my next question. And Titiana, you touched on this as well. And Melissa, I saw like writing down your intentions. So what types of advice would you give your clients or peers to change their mindset? And what would that even look like? You have to tell yourself, um, who do you want to be? You know, do you want to be the victim or do you want to be the creator? 
you know, we can't control what happens in our life, but we can control our reactions to it. Um, one of the funny quotes from Pirates of the Caribbean, the problem is not the problem, the problem is my reaction to the problem. And so the idea that, um, you know, you have to decide, how do I want to deal with this? Do I want to be in bed crying all day or do I want to let this go and get out? Um, I was recently in a horrible relationship and I lost myself in that place. You know, I didn't like who I was becoming. I felt disgusted about myself many days. And so I had to decide once I got out of it, how quickly do I want to heal? You know, and I was in control of that process. Do I want to heal immediately? Which is kind of unrealistic. You know, I, I'll admit it wasn't realistic of me to heal within 24 hours because, you know, I had been through that for two years. And so I had to really recognize that if I'm going to heal from this, I have to be intentional about what I'm going to do, which meant that I had to feel. So there were days that I just cried. There were days that, you know, I was happy and smiling. And then five minutes later, I'm boohooing about something that had nothing to do with anything. You know, it was just like a thought, a memory just passed my mind. And then, <laughs> you know, and it was ugly cries. And so I had to give myself permission to cry. I had to give myself permission to feel, to be angry, to be upset. Um, it caused me to start writing again. It caused me to have a different motivation for life because I knew that if I stay in this place, I'm not going to succeed. And so I had to tell myself, yes, you get to feel, you get this much amount of time to feel bad about yourself, feel bad. But then after you feel bad, when the tears are dried up, you got to get up and you got to tell yourself that. Um, and so you can go through your writing process. You can make videos. Um, you can talk to people. But the idea is you have to decide, do I want to be a victim or do I want to be a creator? And I decided I wanted to be a creator. And so I created methods to get myself to that healing process um, a lot faster than what I would have earlier in my life, where I just kind of buried things down by distracting myself with other things versus actually healing the trauma, talking through it with myself, talking through it with others, um, and just feeling it and knowing what that moment felt like. And thank you again, Tatiana, for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I know, I've, I'm sorry, before, I've also went through a challenging relationship as well, which I had to get out. And I felt like my whole world, that's how this whole thing started for me. Like, I felt my whole world fell apart. I didn't know where to go. I had no direction. And I lost my mom. My, my father tented, my stepfather tented. And I'm just like, I just packed up and moved to New York. And here I am. And I met so many great individuals, women and men in my life that has helped me get up like, no, stop, don't be a victim and being a creator. So thank you for sharing that. And I definitely resonate with that story as well. What about you, Melissa? Um, for me, I mean, everyone has touched on great things and um, that was all part of um, activating my growth mindset as well. Along with that was also learning to deal with my pick me energy um, which was, I wanted to always be that perfect person. And so if I was in dating or if I was even being a parent, it was like, pick me, I'm the cool mom, pick me. I'm, you know, I'm going to do everything that you want, you know, that you want, or, you know, even when it comes to relationships, it was the pick me mentality of, um, let me cook, let me clean, let me do everything that I know that he is going to want. So then he picks me. And then when I started digging deeper into activating 
that growth was the stop seeking approval, stop seeking the wanting to be the pick me, stop seeking the, um, you know, the opinions of others and what they have to say. Stop being a vending machine. Stop allowing people to stuff me and pack me into what they think that I should be. So as soon as I realize that I am no longer going to be a vending machine or be the pick me person, that's when the whole growth mindset started to take a shift for me. So I started being intentional. I started writing my daily intentions. I started writing what were the things that I wanted to achieve for that day? How did I perceived that day? In what way am I going to carpe diem that day? And so I would go ahead and I would just write a list of things. And, you know, if and also being okay with if those things didn't happen, you can move them on to the next day. So um, that's what I meant with writing your daily intentions. And, you know, also, I never knew when I was doing the growth mindset that I had a pick me energy until I really started dissecting all the imperfections and embracing it, embracing everything and saying, no, this is who I am. I'm not who you say, and you are not going to tell me when I can wear, when to speak or how to tell me my life is going to be after having a child. So that was mine. I think I would like to add to what Melissa says, what I've had to tell myself, my clients, and anybody that would listen, stop seeking validations from individuals who will not even make time to attend your virtual funeral. Let me say it again. Stop seeking validations from individuals that will not even make time to attend your virtual funeral. Can I hop in on that one? <laughs> oh, I mean, my heart was like, whoa, Jesus. <laughs> um, one, you know, piggybacking on all three of you, Tatiana, the things that she had spoke about and the fact that just recognizing I have to go and walk back into this hurt to find the truth. Because the... I am doing some things for validation, but I need to figure out why I'm doing it before I can stop doing it. I mean, recently, um, having to come to a place where I recognize that, wow, I'm looking for my wife to give me some things that my primary caretaker, my grandmother and my mother, because she couldn't take care of me, didn't give me when I was a child. That's painful. That is like, you mean to tell me that my wife has an issue with me because I actually am the problem? Yeah. Not necessarily that you are the problem, but because you have this deficiency, it's causing you to behave in a way that is not consistent with what is healthy. And you need to know that in order to do something about it. Um, so I think walking back into that which hurts to find the truth so that you can make the necessary corrections to, again, the perception that you have about how you're supposed to be now and not be influenced by your upbringing because you're, adult, you're an adult now at least in age. But what I found was that emotionally, I was still 
And my wife had said to me before, you remain the age you were at when you're hurt. It don't matter how old you get. So going back, you know, people say, oh, you, you can't go back. No, in order to go back, it's like a rubber band. That rubber band is not going forward until it's pulled back. And the further you pull it back, the farther it will go. I have to say this, and, and I completely agree with you. You have to heal from that trauma. If you can continually compress that trauma and just bury it deep inside of you, it's going to come back up. And so either way, you're going to have to deal with it. So why not now? Um, what I found in my life was that because of the rejection that I faced as a child, I was willing to go through things as an adult that I should not have gone through because I had that energy from childhood. And so I had to release that in order to gain the healing as an adult because it, I didn't go through that healing. I just said, you know, I was told, you know, it doesn't matter, get over it. And sometimes you can't get over it and getting over it doesn't mean compress it. Getting over it means figure out what you gotta do to heal get that new mindset and go forward, not compress, but go forward. Exactly. And thank you to both of you guys. And that can kind of, that goes straight to my next question is how can we stop medicating our pain that keep us from healing and switching our mindset? I would love to hear from Ebony. Enjoy. Repeat the question. Um, yes. How can we stop medicating our pain that keeps us from healing and switching our mindset? I think it's so many of the things that that were already you know, spoken about, especially in the truth. But for well, for me, as some of you might or might not know, right, like meditation for me is the way that I have been taking care of myself via you know, checking in with my body to ensure that things are healed or to check in with the things that aren't so healed, right? Checking in with, you know, with my reactions to things, right? Like understanding that your reactions and your triggers are yours, <laughs> right? And that there's nothing that can take those away. Like we, we use the term a lot like that, you triggered me, your behavior did this, right? And then how do we fix ourselves? We're like, you know, you did this. That's why I drink, right? Like you did this. That's why I smoke because of what's going on in the world is why all of these things, you know, are, are happening to me. And I'm not saying that those things are not true, that, that people do not trigger. But what I'm saying is it's very important that we know that everything that we need is already inside of us, right? So the way we our medicine is, is here. Our medicine is here. Right. And so we have to use what we have to get what we want. A little players club reference, but not in a players club way. <laughs> right? <laughs> so yeah. So we have to use what we have to get, you know, to get what we want and what we need. It is already in there. And so for me, meditation is it. And I remember, you know, it's funny, I joke and I say I got it from my mother who doesn't say that she meditates, but when things were a struggle or when there even or when there was like a slight pain, I would see her start breathing. I would see her stretching, right? She never named it as meditation, right? But as I got older, I adopted it, realized that there was a name to it, realized that it is a way of checking in with my body, but also relieving that pain. It is my own, you know, medicine. And so anytime um, there is a struggle, I go to that. But even when there isn't, 
I use it as prevention, <laughs> right? I mean, and even with real life pains, why take, you know, I don't, I don't have to take ibuprofen yet. Let me just check in. Let me take some breaths. Let me drink some water, but we'll talk about that later. <laughs> right? Water is the medicine that none of us <laughs> use. Exactly. Quite enough. I'm like, my stomach hurt, my head hurt. Maybe water. Rarely drinking the water. Soul. Right? <laughs> Drink a glass of water. You might exactly water. what. Go ahead. I'm sorry. What were you saying, ladies? Yes, and that's exactly what. And I said that's exactly what we need. It's like it's just going back and check in. Like there's so many things we can do. Like um, with the mindful movement, you do that, right? And then also, I know um, for February, Urgent Mercy did a 28 active, you know, um, active healing, and I participated in that, and that was also great. So it's just being able to just find things for us um to do it's like you already have the resources sometimes you don't need to go outside for the resources the resources is already with us yeah. um and we just and we just have to and we just have to tap into that and sometimes we just need a little motivator and we have a community that can say hey have you tried this have you tried that like you said i think our resources are sometimes with our parents like you said our parents is stretching right we have someone that's working out um since you were in like you know a little toddler our parents are making us do exercise doing stuff like those are tools that we already have you know? Um, and yes, I definitely agree. Hurt people do hurt people. Um, and for us, as we talk about this with our guests, um, Joy, can you share with us, like, how can we, how can we start taking a step to be a better version of ourselves? Or some recommendation. Recommend, yes. <laughs> so I like to, to tell when I'm working with people and even when I'm thinking about my own life, I like to think about where I'm trying to go before I try to figure out like, what, what is even the best version of me look like? What do I really want? And that changes often because who I, what I want today might not be what I want tomorrow. So it's really like, again, checking in with yourself and being honest and truthful. Um, recently, someone told me that I don't have, <laughs> um, my expectations are built on other things. And, and I had brought that to my therapist and I was like, you know, mm -hmm. somebody made this comment and it bothered me. And she was like, well, what do you want? And I was like, I don't know. I don't really know that I've, I, as much as I was offended by the comment, I don't know that I really had ever sat and thought about what I expected from my own life. I think it was, some of it was kind of like just happening or it was um happening, you know, like I had some kind of a plan, but not necessarily like what the bigger, larger picture was. And so it was really taking a step back and really checking in and saying like, what is it that I do want? Um, and what is my best version of joy look like? And how do I get there? And then thinking about the steps I need to take to get to that best version um, so that I can reach that goal. I think that's so good what Joyce say, because oftentimes I think people forget this keeper where there is no vision, the people perish, right? And so I think oftentimes we always want to heal, but we don't have the vision of what the healing is going to look like for us. And one of the things that I like to say, remember that your healing is not an intellectual thing. It's an emotional thing. Because I think oftentimes we go to intellect. Well, I'm smart. Why do I feel this way? And it's not an intellectual thing. It's an emotional thing. And I think Charles alluded to this earlier that our emotional age is different from our physical age. So you want to really remind yourself of that. We actually, you know, had questions from our guests who are here today. So we are going to open it up because this was just an amazing interaction. Um, and one of the questions that were asked was, without using the fixed or growth mindset verbiage, 
Um, do you have any tips for helping someone accepting their growth mindset strategies? Can you say that one more time? Yeah. So without using the fixed or growth mindset verbiage, do you have any tips for helping someone accept growth mindset strategies? Well, I, I do. Um, so it's interesting because I always had a, a, I don't know why I was challenged with that verbiage. Um, I, I look at my life personally as a dojo. Um, and what just me naturally, I'm curious naturally. And that's helped me knowing that about myself helped me to realize, no, this is how you function. Like you, you need to actually take this on and, and accept this. I take a learner's approach to life. Um, and one of the things that I de I developed this at 15 years old and I didn't even know it, <laughs> but it was, um, it's, 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 a, it's, it's what I call my process for improvement. Learn, apply, feedback, future adjustments. You need to laugh at yourself. And I learned this on the basketball court because I wanted to be a better basketball player. I just wanted to shoot better. I sucked. <laughs> Someone taught me correct um, uh, uh, what's the word? mechanics and correct form. And I took what they taught me and I went through this process of trying it. It worked. Okay, cool. Try it again. It didn't work. What's the difference? It worked the first time. It didn't work the second time. I need to learn. Most people spend their lives trying to accomplish something, right? For the sake of accomplishing it. I try to accomplish something because I'm using the thing that I'm pursuing as a way to develop myself because it's something in me that I'm trying to get out of me. There's a the challenge of, of the pursuit is what pulls out of me something that I just didn't know was there. Now, I believe personally that I got great stuff in me and that's just, that's just how I've been as a kid, but I know it's not coming out. And it's like, the only way it's going to come out is if I challenge myself. But again, it's not just for the purpose of pursuing the thing. I'm trying to learn something, right? And I think when we take a learner's approach to life and we use all of our situations and circumstances, we find that we can engage in life from a totally different paradigm. We can remove the pressures of life. We can take the uh, uh, we can take our self-worth off the line. This, I'm going to say this is the last thing. I used to be an Uber driver, drove over 15,000 people. I've spent a lot of time with researchers. And one thing about a researcher, you know, people who study cancer and all these things, they'll go and spend billions of dollars to try things that they know is not going to work. Why do they do that? Without fear, because they're trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work. And I'm like, why, why aren't you afraid? And that was when it hit me. They took, they don't, when something goes wrong, they don't put themselves on the line. They take themselves off the pedestal 
and they put the process on the pedestal and they ask the question, what's wrong with this process? They don't ask what's wrong with me. And I take that approach. So I say, whatever your goal is, put yourself in a space where you can take on a project, but for the sole purpose of learning things about yourself, what happens when you face a challenge? Do you run? Do, why do you run? Go through that process. What are you learning? How can you apply what you're learning? What feedback do you get when you apply that again or you go at it again? And then what future adjustments can you make? That's what I do for me because it's really about me learning more about myself so that I can have mastery over me. What came up for me while listening to you was staying curious. What I mean by that is being curious about yourself. Like if a thought comes up or if an emotion comes up, like, oh, I wonder where that's coming from. So um, for it's always getting to a point where you want to be in a curious space wherever you are in your journey and even wanting to know where this unhealed wound came from and being able to go in a space where you're giving yourself grace also. And one of the things that I saw Dr. Teresa put in the chat was, you know, stop giving the power away for others to control your to control your outcomes and it goes back to is we are the ones that can control our reactions to something and how can we continue to do that in the space of being also um with everything that you guys have been sharing it's just go back to like it does just go back to you yourself the, the person that you are and like taking that step to change to do things differently so we have one more question for our guests and i would like for our, you know anyone that's into the entrepreneurial life is what do you suggest uh, for someone beginning the life of an entrepreneur while balancing a full-time job. Um, Akil, would you like to take on that question? I know like you just released your book or anyone else. I think it's, again, most things in life is about balance, right? Um, I like to think, I guess in a technical term, it's called opportunity cost. Like everybody right now is choosing to be on this phone call, on the Zoom call, um, rather than doing something else, rather than standing on the corner selling t-shirts promoting yourself in another fashion, but you're choosing to do this for a very strategic reason. So I would think about it in the same capacity, whether it's a book or whatever you want to do entrepreneurially is um, how much time do you have, spare time outside of your job? Um, that's not going to affect your gym time, your personal, your personal time, your time with your family. And again, how quote unquote successful do you aim to be, right? It's not, I, I don't, I don't agree with you should never go to sleep and you should be hustling 24 seven. Of course you need to get your rest and <laughs> that sort of thing, but really how successful do you want to be? How much time, how much energy do you want to put behind it and how passionate are you with it? I chose to do something that was again, in line one with, I think with my mental health. Cause again, I was sharing my feelings. It was a way, an outlet um, to get what was on my mind out on paper, but also, Hey, I think someone else might be interested in this. Maybe some, I don't, I think a lot of people said, I'm not the only one. Other people feel the same way that I do, and they may, they may be interested in this as well. And it kind of just happened in that regard. I chose something that was more in line, I guess, with my day-to-day. -day. Um, I guess the pandemic helped, as ironic as that sounds, being at home all the time and, and stealing my, I literally, I love to put yourself on your calendar. I literally blocked out, I put myself literally on my virtual calendar so people couldn't book meetings because I just love throwing shit on my calendar. <laughs> Um, this I'm going to write during the day, hopefully no one on here from work um, or take this 25 minutes, 15 minutes um, and really just choose myself in doing that. So long story short, I think it is carving out pockets of time 
um, to be strategic, but also choosing something that can be that that can help you again in your I guess your your nine to five and I guess the rest of the hours, whatever it's called, uh, five to nine, whatever it may be. I think what I'll add to that from the pandemic, I created an acronym that has helped me and others. Um, it's called MASS, because oftentimes when we grieve, I think individuals think we just grieve when someone dies. No, we grieve the normalcy that we had pre-COVID. We are grieving not being able to drive to work or get on the train. We are grieving like our normal schedules. We are grieving our titles. Like we can literally grieve anything, anytime your heart breaks. So stop allowing individuals to police your grief. Um, but I say it's mask. M, maintain your peace. A, acknowledge your emotions. S, seek community that will hear you without judgment. Without judgment is key. And K, know this too shall pass. If you wear your mask in this process and literally put it on your schedule, put it on your calendar, what you'll see is because you are maintaining by wearing your mask and what the acronym stand for, you're gonna now have the motivation and the time. And what you'll see is your business will grow, get support. Don't try to do this on your own. Um, get the support that you need to help you grow so that you can get to the next level. I'm telling you, when you allow or have individuals on your team that sees the vision, you excel a lot. Somebody said a slingshot earlier. I think it was Charles. Slingshot, you will have that slingshot. So wear your mask, hire when you can. Do not try to be a one man or one woman show. I wanted to just add, um, you know, when it came to balancing entrepreneur and full-time job. I had full-time job, full-time mom, entrepreneur. I was like, oh my God, I'm done. I can't do this. And um, it was just evaluating my time, using my time wisely and being more realistic to my time. It's not that my goals can't be met. It's just going to take me a little bit longer to get there. But am I going, am I willing to do the work to get to that point? And it was in one day in realization where I was sitting in my car and I had an event to get to. And by all means necessary, I was going to get to this event. I had to detour. I had to drive on the side of the road because that's how the road was going at that point. You had to get off the exit, go back into the exit. Then at one point it was traffic jam. Now everybody's looking at what's happening and taking selfies and Snapchats of the crash that happened on the road. And it delayed me getting to my event, but I got there. And in saying that, it's that's how we have to view our goals in life. That's how we have to view what we put ahead of ourselves is it may take time to get there and you might have a lot of things going on at that moment, but you will get to your event. You won't turn around. The whole thing was, is I still didn't turn around. I still was going to get to that party. And that's when I realized in that moment, in that traffic, when I got there is, why aren't I doing this for my business? Why aren't I doing that for my mental health? Why aren't I doing this for my self-care? Why is it that when it gets tough, I turn around? Why is it that when it gets tough, I'm like, oh, let me, maybe this isn't, maybe it's just not meant for it to happen. Maybe, maybe, you know, I start thinking of excuses and I said, stop making excuses and just get it done. 
You have your own process. How this person gets there, yeah, you could have took the train, but you decided to drive. Yeah, you could have Ubered, but you decided to drive. So don't look left, don't look right. Look ahead because that was destined for you and you determine on how that path is going to go and if you're going to continue to keep pressing forward. So it's possible. You just have to be more realistic to your timing that it's just going to take a little bit more time to get there. What I just wanted to add is that balance isn't a real thing. Like I don't, you know, but like it just really is not real. Like this idea of balance. Does that mean holding everything at the same level at the same time? Not humanly possible. So I don't even use that for me. Like, you know, like I know we throw it out because it's a it's a term that we're talking about work-life balance. I don't have any um, children and I don't know what work-life balance means. So I don't even know what it, what that really means if you have a bunch of other people to take care of, you know? And so I always say like, everything isn't going to get a hundred percent. Do I work full-time for, for my job? Yes. Do I also work for myself? Yes. Do I also put my hands in my friends and my family's businesses and help them? Yes. And you know what that means for me? It means sometimes day job's going to get a little less. Maybe this week I don't post as much for EM for mindful moves, right? Maybe this, like I can't hold it all and I don't even aspire. You know, I don't aspire to hold all the balls in the air at the same time. I aspire to, to have the wisdom to know that this can sit in the corner for this week and it won't die, <laughs> right? <laughs> Thank God I just have to water my plants once a week, right? So I say, this is gonna sit in the corner and not die. I'm going to play with this for a while. Then I'm going to pick this down. Then I'm going to pick this back up. And that's how I've managed, you know, throughout the pandemic and before. I've also volunteered for organizations before. All of that takes, you know, takes time, but I can't do everything at once. So sometimes that would mean, you know, like someone else said, hopefully, you know, no one from work is on here, right? What that would mean is sometimes taking off from my job that day. I don't even play those games. Day job, I'm taking off. And I do that ahead of time. We we have, you know, we used to have something called join week. It's a whole week of events. Nah, like two of those days, I can't come to work. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I, but I would plan that in. Like, I already knew what it would look like. So why even act like I'm at work giving work the time when I'm really printing out flyers and printing out things for an event. Don't do it to yourself, <laughs> right? So instead, I would say, these are the days I'm taking off. And I really learned that in grad school. And grad school is when I actually, when the one day I found myself with my office door locked and I'm in there typing a paper, I'm like, but why am I here? I can type this paper at my house. <laughs> and so I would start putting in that time saying like, I have these assignments due, um, I'm, I know I'm going to take off, you know, these two days, you know, that month. And for me, that's exactly how I balance is sometimes literally taking things off the table and, and making them no longer an issue. Like you won't get in the way because I can't be focused on you. Now, of course you can't do that with children. Um, but I do know that like when I had a friend that was in grad school, she had to, you know, speak to her partner and be like, y'all can't, y'all, you're not going to get the same amount of time y'all got before. I just want to be honest, <laughs> right? She was, dinner will not look the same. Life will not look the same. You know, when we talk about the setting people up for success, thank you so much for even sharing that statement. That's how you do it. Like, this is how you set your family up, the people around you, yourself, is to say, like, I don't have it all this week, <laughs> you know? Like, but I could get to you then. I can get to this part, you know, in, in a month. 
And so that's how I've been able to balance entrepreneurship, working and life in general is not putting that expectation on myself that there will be this balance that everything will get equal time. There's not enough hours in the day. And like someone else said, I don't believe in not sleeping. I go to sleep every single night. Okay. Um, that's how I keep looking young. That and coconut oil is I go to bed. <laughs> so that, you know, that will not be, that will not be compromised for the sake of, of work, you know, in, in general. So that, that is sort of the school of thought that I come from is just give yourself grace when it comes to this balance, give yourself grace. Yeah. Thank you, Melissa for sharing, like, you know, sometimes it's going to take a, a little bit longer to reach goals, but I'd rather it be good and not be messy because I've tried to piece everything together. Your memory's all jacked up. Everything else around you is chaotic. I'd much rather put things in order, put things down so that I can focus my attention on one thing at a time. Can I follow up on that? Um, one of the things that I had to ask myself and I still ask myself is, am I doing what I'm doing because I'm told this is what it takes to be successful? Or am I doing this because this is how I really want my life to be? And I don't think we take enough time to establish, you know, in this world of, of, of just information, everyone's telling you, oh, this is what you need to be successful. And no, 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 no. This is what you need to be successful. No, 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 no. This is what you, and everyone has an opinion and what they've really, I mean, and even myself right now, right? I'm telling you my thoughts, but I think that we have to, we have the ability to sit down and evaluate, analyze, self-assess and say, what works for me and what does not work for me? I can and I think that's one of the, the, the challenges that we have, we, we have is that we take on a lot of information and we never ask ourselves, yo, what, what works for, you know, you better than anybody else, you know, your I, I could give you advice on whatever, but you know, your situation better than anyone else. There's information I do not have that I don't get to consider to give you all the advice that I would give you in your situation. So I try to give you the principles, but I think the main one is sit with yourself and ask yourself, am I doing this because someone told me that this is what I needed to do? Or am I doing this because of what I want to do? And is what I'm doing in line with my core values? Because if it's not in alignment with your core values, then you shouldn't, it is my suggestion that you don't do that anyways. <laughs> so that's what I would say. Sit with yourself. You know you better than anybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, everything that you shared, Charles, it just ties in everything that we've been speaking about today and, and switch and changing our mindset and growing. Everything literally turns back to you. It, it comes full circle. It's not the outside world. It's not trying to seek validation. It's really coming back to self and being centered in self to heal those wounds, to show up and be positive every single day. And that's exactly how you activate your growth mindset. Boom. You just hit it. <laughs> we just hit it. <laughs> Nail it on the spot. And 
this was such you know a rich and deep conversation and i'm so thankful for what each and every one one of you has brought to this discussion it definitely has touched my heart as well um and, and i can't wait for us to have a, like a, to continue this conversation each one of you are doing something amazing and i admire and, and you guys are selected with purpose right god brought us together and i feel like the universe brought us together because we have a message and we see like how we're each one of us are doing that in our own with our own thing right our own um entrepreneurship yes. business right helping other people through therapy even through teaching we all doesn't matter what career it is doesn't matter where you are in life we're all dealing with something and we in the pandemic has shown us that if we don't take the step to switch, if we don't face ourselves in the mirror, if we don't look within and say, listen, stop letting yourself be down. Stop standing yourself. Stop taking yourself this thing and throwing away. It's important that you pay attention to your heart and whatever you're feeling, you need to focus on that. You need to, you need to push forward. And if you need a community, find the community. This is a community right here. Yes find a community, get therapy, because I know I'm in therapy, you're in therapy, and literally just, just fix whatever that needs to be fixed. Allow yourself to heal. Allow yourself to just see a different perspective. Allow yourself to just be like, you know what? I see a vision for myself, just like that. I said, be the creator. Be the masterpiece of that. You have a canvas. This is your blank canvas. Go home, pick that pen brushes, and go paint your future. And I appreciate each one of you guys. And it's, it's amazing conversation. And I don't know if you have any. I'm, I'm just very thankful. Yes, I have <laughs> chills right now. I don't know about you guys, but I'm sitting with chills and literally holding back tears of how yeah. this great this conversation is and how much you have brought to us. And I just can't wait to continue this work, you know, alongside with you guys and be part of this community and for us to just continue to grow and build this relationship. And I appreciate you guys and I thank you guys. <laughs> so, yes. So thank you all for joining us today, the ladies of the Millennial Base podcast, sharing your stories and experience and your expertise. And um, any last words before we sign off? Thank you, Friday and Bria, for putting this together. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. I know it was it was a whole like, oh my god, like you know, we had the vision and we were like, we need intent and you know, we wanted to have an intentional, candid, authentic conversation because that's what we often don't have. And when we have those, like I said earlier, you gotta face the truth. You gotta face yourself in the mirror. And sometimes we need the community to help us along that way because you can't face it on your own. Yes. All right, well, thank you again, everyone. I wish you a blessed Sunday. Take care.